0: Welcome back to the Blue Corner. Hopefully you've heard our season review now for the 2022-2023 season. It's now time for some awards, because there's got to be awards at the end of a season, hasn't there, Ollie?
1: Do you think if we'd have gone down, do you think we'd have done these rewards or not? Um, No, uh,
0: <laughs> probably not. I don't really think I'd have been in the mood for it. So,
1: Well, yeah. let's embrace staying up and let's get into some awards there. It'd <laughs> be rude not to. It'd be rude not to. Of course it would be. So what are we starting with? Uh, let's start with player of the season. I feel like that's the most important one because in a season like we've just had, there's got to be one standout performer and one person that has dragged us over the line, let's say. We'll start with you, Ellis. Who is your player of the season?
0: So the player for me that has stepped up more than anybody else is England's number one, Jordan Pickford. I think when you've had such a bad season like we have, it's quite often that the goalkeeper is your best player because obviously he has kept us in games at times, he's saved us in crucial moments and for me he is by far and away the player of the season because he's done it pretty much every game all season and in some of the biggest moments like that penalty against Leicester when he saved that, we've said in the season review that could have been the moment that kept us in the league and I think he's proved once again he's England's best goalkeeper, he's obviously one of Everton's best goalkeepers we've had in the Premier League era and he kept us in
1: the Premier League ultimately. Yeah, I've got to agree with you. Jordan Pickford is my player of the season there. You even just have to look at the last four games to to see how big his impact was on keeping us in the league. You know, as you touched on there, the Madison penalty, the way he saved that, the the, the balls to stay down the, down the middle and actually save that penalty. Every credit to him. You look at the Wolves game where he saved with his feet from Matias Nunes and that was in, in injury time and that obviously led on to the Mina goal which got us the point there. The Bournemouth game... You know, he made a really good save down to his right-hand side where he actually dislocated his finger in it in a collision with Dominic Solanke. And then, you know, the Matthias vinja chance where 94th minute, he has to make that save and he stepped up big time this season. So, yeah, Jordan Pickford is my player of the season
0: so are unanimous on that one even though we haven't conferred like we never do when we're playing when we're doing the game of two halves uh upset the week, we haven't conferred once again and we've gone with Jordan Pickford which I think plenty of Evertonians would agree with that but moving swiftly on the biggest shock of the season and it's quite safe to say there's been quite a few to be honest because this has been so unpredictable there's been moments which have completely defied logic and moments where we've been left in total disbelief. But I'll start with you, Ollie. What was your biggest shock in this season full of them?
1: I'm going to have a little bit of a a rogue one here. And I, I did actually refer to it a little bit in the end of season review. And it's Neil Mope and how he only scored one goal all season for us. And I know it sounds absolutely mental, but yeah, that is my biggest shock of the season because we were all a little bit optimistic, weren't we, when Neil Mope came in? Um, from Brighton he's Brighton's joint top goal scorer in Premier League history so he, he can score goals and I, f- I feel like I think I was saying at the start of the season I, th- you know if he'd have got 10 for us I think it would have been a good season for us and he just didn't live up to it did he and it was a really really poor signing in hindsight because you know high transfer fee for a player that's really, really not look good on the pitch. He's not really offered anything, and to score one goal all season, that is a big shock to me, and especially with you know the reputation he came with, that was a big shock.
0: Yeah, I agree it was a shock. Um, obviously, he scored around eight goals a season, didn't he, at Brighton, so you'd have expected mm-hmm. considerably more than one. I did have some reservations at the start because of the profile of player being a smaller player. Would he be able to replicate what Dominic Calvert-Lewin can do? But I totally agree. You would not have expected him to end on only one goal, which he got at West Ham. It's disappointing, really. And I, you could look at the whole team and say, really, there should have been a lot more goals from everybody. And it was the reason why we were down there right until the end, wasn't yeah. it? But I would yeah. say for my shock, I'm going to go with the game that has to be talked about. That Brighton game is the biggest shock for me because I woke up on that morning and I can tell you for sure that I was not waking up thinking Everton are going to win 5-1 today. I wasn't even waking up thinking Everton are going to win 1-0 today. So, for me, that is without doubt the biggest shock of this season. And I think it'd probably be up there for Premier League biggest shocks of the season because yeah. who on earth and anywhere would have expected that?
1: You know, I thought I'd just give the listeners a little bit of respite from, you know, us milking this result dry. So, but yeah, it has to be talked about, doesn't it? You, you know, that 5-1 victory. Dwight McNeil had a fantastic performance. Decore was fantastic. I think everyone who put on the shirt that day really, really did give 100%. So, yeah, it has to be talked about. And I don't think, as you said before, I don't think anyone in world football would have even dreamed about seeing Everton 5-1 up at at the Amex. Now, honourable mention also to
0: that point away at City on New Year's Eve. That was just remarkable as well. From the situation we were in, the situation they were in, it's just crazy, really. But we'll move on. And we'll talk about the goal of the season. We've not had many, so there might not be loads to choose from here. But weirdly, I think when you don't score many goals, they come from unusual circumstances, and I think that's safe to say there has been a few that have come from unusual
1: circumstances this year. Who are you going with, Ollie? Well, it's interesting you talked about that—that that biggest shock and and the, the point at Manchester City, and how we actually managed to get back into that game was for me the goal of the season, and. Damari Gray, take a bow, because the way he managed to put that in the top corner against Edison, who is not a small goalkeeper, that for me is my goal of the season. And it should have been the Premier League goal of the season for me, because, you know, in a game like that at Manchester City, there's there's not a lot of chances. And, and the circumstances there where he had to just take it on, he actually slipped before taking the shot on. He had to just take it on. There was no options in the box. And the way he, he actually managed to finish that off, that for me is my goal of the season. How about you? Oh, that goal was
0: simply magical, wasn't it? And I think, yeah, the context of it was the big part of it because we were not getting many chances against City like you never do. And he just he just put that one in the top corner. It was dreamland for us in that away end at the Etihad. But I'm going to go with maybe a bit more of an obvious one, but I'm going to go with Decore's against Bournemouth because that goal is the goal that's going to get replayed and replayed after this season and for years and years on. You know, that was the goal that kept us in the Premier League when we needed someone to step up. One man did, and that was Abdullahi Decoré. And the way that he struck that, I don't know if he'll ever hit a ball sweeter than that, because it was just unbelievable. And it was a complete blur from
1: the moment that went in. Oh, the the technique that he used to to put that ball in the back of the net, the way he managed to keep it down as well, because it could have quite easily blazed into the park end. But... Yeah, I, I think I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you a little bit. That is a close second, but for me, the, the grey one just edges it. Right, so we're going to move on to a still
0: player-related award, and this one is going to be based on the transfer window. So
1: who was the best player that we signed this season? I'm going to go for a little bit of an outsider here, and one that I don't think you will have agreed with. Me. I, I could be completely wrong. You might have agreed with me completely, but one that is is a little bit it's a little bit different and it's only sort of come to fruition at the end of the season and I'm going to go with James Garner because I feel like his performances in the last 10 games were another big factor in keeping us in the league and you look at the performance at Wolves where he put in a, a really big shift at fullback. he played really well in midfield and he is one of those players that is going to be so versatile for Sean Dyche in the coming seasons and to, to have him on such a, a small fee from Manchester United and, and no buyback clause just a sell-on fee I feel like that is a really good piece of business and one that's sort of gone under the radar a little bit, especially among Everton fans.
0: Yeah. I think you have to look at transfers in the round, really. You need to look at all the different reasons for a transfer and what you can benefit from that transfer. And I think with James Garner, it goes further than just on the pitch. You've obviously got a player there who could have resale value in the future or could go on to be a player who could be a staple in our team for years to come and, He had a really difficult start, didn't he, with his back injury and not being able to get into the team as soon as he would have liked, really. But I do agree, when he came in, he offered a bit of energy. He also offered a bit of guile. He he works hard, but he also seems so composed when he gets hold of the ball. And I think he's impressed me in that sense that he seems to be a player who's much calmer than everyone else when he receives it, which is quite good, really, when you've got players like Decore who are a bit more get the ball and charge with it and aren't quite as composed on the ball. So I agree he's been really, really important for us this season.
1: Yeah, it's, it's one of them where it's, it's sort of a little bit of recency bias, isn't it? I feel like if you'd have asked me that in January and we hadn't even barely seen him play because of his back injury, as you said. But yeah, with a little bit of recency bias, I do feel like he was a, a really important signing. So we'll move on to your best signing. Who have you got? So I've gone with James Tarkovsky. He was brought
0: in as our first signing of the season in July. He actually came on our pre-season tour with us. And I think he's just epitomized everything that you'd want an Everton player to do, really. He's come in at the back, free transfer, and he's a leader. He's a solid defender. He's no messing, no messing about at all. No nonsense defending. and. He's been there for us in the key moments when we've needed a calm head and we've also, when we've needed someone to take the sting out of a particularly aggressive situation. I think at times where things have gone wrong on the pitch, where there's been altercations, he's come in and made sure that our players don't do anything stupid. In the uh, Bournemouth game, there was an issue with Pickford and Solanke wasn't there and you just saw Tarkovsky barge in and just defend his own teammates. And I think he sets the standard for the rest of the team in not only his performance but also how he fights for his other teammates and I think I think his whole performances have been really solid for us he had a little dip under Lampard when it started to go a bit wrong but overall I'd say he's been a great signing on a free really because we didn't pay a penny
1: yeah as you said there we have lacked that fighting edge haven't we in the in recent years and to see someone come in especially on a free transfer for not a penny to to have that sort of leadership that cutting edge that fighting sort of spirit and just a player that backs the teammates. We've seen it in recent years with Seamus Coleman. He's always in and around those little scuffles. But to have more players then getting involved and actually, you know, defending themselves and, and scrapping for their team, I feel like that was really refreshing to see. So I can definitely see why you've put him as your best signer. I do like how you
0: did pick a younger sign, though, because with James Tarkovsky, you haven't quite got the the resale value. He's more one of those players that'll come in for two years and do the job. And then we probably won't really make any money on him. But as in the new strategy that we hope we go with in the coming years, players like James Garner are just the kind of pickups that you want, aren't they?
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, And it's it, interesting you, you sort of touched on that young sort of quota. You look at Amadou Onana as well, and he's probably going to have resale values in, in year to come. So he's sort of another honourable mention for the best signing in terms of you know financial strategies going forward. Yeah, definitely.
0: And then some players have gone from playing a certain way to suddenly getting much better, and that's obviously the most improved player And there's quite a few who have improved on where they were since Daesh came in. But I want your most improved player for the whole season. Who do you think has come in? It might have only been a small period where they did improve, but overall, which impact has been the biggest to go from struggling to suddenly being one of
1: our most important players? So there is two big players that come to mind here, but I'm going to sort of lean towards Abdullah Dekorey. Here because you know he was frozen out under Frank Lampard, he was one of those players that was almost certain to be leaving in January, and you know there was absolutely no chance of him getting another contract, especially when Lampard was you know on the way out of the door. So to see what he his to see his situation at Everton and and how sort of you know how he'd lost his way at the club to then you know you fast forward to the Bournemouth game and he scoring the goal that keeps us in the league, I feel like that is for me from from the situation where he's at his lowest point to where, where he is of his most improved state towards the end of the season. I feel like that is the biggest gap. And it was one of those situations where it, it could have gone to three or four players in the team. But for me, that is the biggest gap in, in most improved. How about yeah.
0: you? He definitely did suddenly like become a crucial player for us after being frozen out by Lampard. And he does offer so much with that energy and driving forward and actually getting a few goals as well. And The person I've said actually leaves a very important, most improved player out, actually. And I'm sure we're going to discuss him because he needs to discuss him. But my most improved is actually Seamus Coleman. I think that this is quite a rogue one because normally it's the younger players you'd give this to. But I just want to say because last season, Seamus Coleman was struggling and the narrative around him was, we have to get someone to replace him for his own sake, really, because he was struggling and it was at the point where he shouldn't be the starting right back for us. And it seems like he's had a complete resurgence because the way he's played this season has shown nothing to suggest that he's done at all. And he's arguably improved defensively over the years as well. Of course, he's not the pacey player who's up and down the pitch that he was back in the day under Martinez and late under Moyes. But... I think he's. I think he's been one of our most improved players this season and I think him as a captain has dragged the team on at times and it was devastating to lose him against Leicester because I thought we could have really done with him in the last few games as well. But I felt like I really wanted to give Seamus a mention because he is an absolute credit
1: to the club, isn't he? Oh yeah, 100%. And it's, as you said, you don't want him tarnishing his legacy at Everton because he's been needed to be replaced for years because he has just lost that yard of pace it it comes with age it's it's no slight on Seamus it does just come with age doesn't it and to to lose that yard of pace as, as a fullback it's almost one of the most important positions to have a little bit of pace about you so it was almost for his sake as you said just not tarnishing his legacy and going out on a high he's still just putting in week-in, week-out performances isn't and, and to see him still one of the best players in this team. I think from last season, you wouldn't have thought that. So, yeah, it's, it's a really good shout and one that I've sort of overlooked a little bit. I do think that he'll hope
0: himself that Nathan Patterson can take the baton a bit and move forward and become our starting right-back and hopefully both of them avoid injuries next year. But Seamus deserves an almighty amount of credit for the work that he's done this season. I think he's been absolutely brilliant. But... One that we both didn't mention, which I'm sure we both had in mind but just didn't quite get it, is Dwight McNeil. I think a player who struggled so much under Lampard and we've actually heard that he did struggle kind of fitting in and fitting into the size of Everton as a football club and the pressures that come with that. But Dwight McNeil stepped up when it's really mattered and his performances of late in the final 10 games or so since Dyche
1: came in were absolutely huge, weren't they? Yeah, he was the one that I was looking at instead of Decore. They were the two main ones that I was thinking, you know, they're they're really deserving of this most improved shout. But yeah, uh, uh, Dwight McNeil, his performance in the last 10 games, it it was something else, wasn't it? He he was one of those like Richarlison figures from last season. And to see his goals and assists drag us over the line there was to see what he was at the start of the season to what he was at the end of the season. I feel like, again, he's a really worthy shout of that most improved award.
0: But to score one goal for Burnley last season, to suddenly get seven for us now and be an integral part of the team at the end of it and be working so hard and being so committed to the shirt. Like he deserves a load of praise. So he is our honourable mention for that one. Yeah. But now away from the players, we have had some incredible experiences however bad they have been at times we have had some major experiences this season we've been to most away games most home games we're both season ticket holders and we've pretty much traveled everywhere together me you and joe this season haven't we and it's been a roller coaster but i want to talk about the experience an away game that has been the best for you this season because we have had a load and we've had a load of bad ones but we've
1: also had some memorable moments haven't we in a in a bad season there's Sort of, there's only a handful of moments that you can really draw upon. But for me, I think the one that, you know, it meant the most. And it was the Yeri a goal at Wolves and the limbs for that game you know i've never really experienced i did actually touch on it briefly in the uh, in the end of season review the limbs for that game i've never experienced anything like it you know i was on the deck i was i was borderline crying and to have that experience and you know to see your team equalize when it meant so much i feel like that has to be up there as my my top away experience of the season you know there's some honorable mentions the brighton game has to be on there as well That just the disbelief i was in in that away end in brighton and even the Manchester City game, as you touched on before, after the Tamari Grey goal, the limbs in that away end were something else. But my top one is going to be Yerry Mina's goal versus Wolves.
0: Well, considering we haven't won many, it's quite interesting how many you've just came up with there, because <laughs> I've actually got two that I want to talk about as well. So that leaves us with five quite... Memorable moments. So I suppose we've had a good time, haven't we, really?
1: <laughs> we make but, the yeah. best of it. We make the of course best of we it.
0: it. Of course, we do. It's been absolute chaos at times. The performances this season we've had bad ones, good ones, unpredictable ones, unexpected ones. But the one that's going to stand out for me is actually earlier on in the season because it was our first away win of the season and we travelled so so far for it and we got our reward in the end most of all you got your reward because you drove us down to southampton and we brought back all three points in a car which was absolutely bouncing singing me
1: you joe and joe in the back that was one of the best days of the season wasn't it oh the 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 journey back from southampton it's never gone so quickly you know what was it a nearly 5 hour drive getting getting back from there and you know just the atmosphere in that car and the atmosphere in the ground at the end of the game was was honestly, that was a top day. That that was a really, really good day. Yeah, the players were dancing with us, weren't they, in the away end and it was, <laughs> it was baking hot. I
0: remember actually I brought my coat for that game and then when I was in the Southampton away end, it was like boiling because we'd just come from Leeds where we are at university and then obviously gone to Southampton, which is quite a bit sunnier down there, but <laughs> two quick fire goals. Dwight McNeil bagged one, didn't he? And the away end was bouncing after that and we somehow hung on to a win and that was a big win that day. But obviously there were games that meant a lot more in the end. But I thought being at the start of the season, we weren't quite as stressed then. So I'd say that was probably my best experience. But the other one I did want to mention was the Chelsea game, actually, because purely for something that just happened in the 88th, 89th minute, when Ellis Sims scored that goal to make it 2-2, when we'd pretty much given up at that point, the fans had thought like, We've put in a good shift there. We've tried, but we've come up short. And Ellis Sims, a namesake for me, that was why it was such a special moment for me. <laughs> that goal went in and he did so well. The way he absolutely bullied Koulibaly and then put it into the other corner, it was so impressive. And that
1: was certainly a memorable moment for me. Again, the limbs in that one were, were something special, weren't they? And it's interesting you you talk about the the two games that, you know, are your honourable mentions for the season the ones that had train strikes so to. <laughs> to <travel. laughs> they were even more difficult to travel they're even more difficult to travel to but that you know that makes the experience that makes the day doesn't it yeah it does and thanks to you for driving us to
0: those places we have been <laughs> to so many places this year we've got the train to a lot of them you've drove when necessary as well thanks to the train strikes but we've been to so many this season it's for me it's the most games i've ever been to in a year, and don't know how many you ended on in the end i think it's 30 odd isn't it
1: 38 out of 41 i think i ended on and it was that was um two more relative to the games that we played uh last season i ended on 39 for 44 on the season before so there again that is that is my uh it's my most traveled season let's That's just say bad.
0: and i think i think I might have been 35 just because I went to Barbados and missed three games in two (laughs) weeks which is of course you'd rather be in Barbados when we were struggling but yeah we both ended on such high totals there and it's been a tough season but it's been one full of memories I'm sure and, and that is our awards for today for this season and hopefully next season we're talking about even more goals to be our goal of the season and even more great signings that's all we can hope for isn't it oh
1: yeah 100% we can only just hope for an improvement next year and you know it's it's going to be a long season next year but we'll be there again and we'll be we'll be there to support the lads and it's going to be a good one
0: definitely so that's all for our awards for the 2022-2023 season we'll be back with you with way more content to come over summer we are not going anywhere we've had a little break now and we're back we've got pre-season to talk about we've got the transfer window so much is going to happen before the start of this season and I really can't wait for it because I'm hoping for a season that is not quite as stressful as this season. But that's all for now. See you in a bit.